Welcome to the State of the NOS podcast. This is the freeway entrance. I'm Dusty Baker. Derek Johnson is merging along with me here. Derek, we're going to go straight into our fielder's choice. Uh, So there's a report, according to MLB trade rumors, that there is a possibility the swinging modality can be back to normal at a much earlier date than the throwing aspect. Uh, That is what Scott Boris said about Michael Conforto. Um, he said he had his surgery in April. There's a chance, depending on how he progresses, that hitting in the majors late in the season is an actual possibility. So, for our fielder's choice, Derek, if Michael Conforto comes back this year, who is he possibly signing with if he goes to an NL West team? You go first. The first one that comes to mind for me would be the Colorado Rockies, where it's like, hey, I don't, I don't know how much time he would have back. If he does come back, let's say it's a month or two, and he's just thinking – you know, I want to I wanna kind of boost my value. Uh, why not go to a team like the Rockies? I don't know. Maybe the Rockies would like be like, well, what do we have to gain out of this? Um, but, you know, you're playing Coors Field. You can look good in hitting numbers. If it is on a contending team, I view the Giants as very much being a team that doesn't need another left-handed bat. You already have Jock Peters in, Lamont Wade, Brandon Bett. Like, they have so many left-handed bats. Uh, I view the San Diego Padres. Padres have had some troubles in the outfield. Trent Grisham who is a lefty, has really struggled so far this season. I think you could help them uh, in that lineup. Yeah, the Padres are my answer as well. I think that there's just so much uncertainty with what you've seen in the outfield production. And they also really haven't had great production from the designated hitter spot. So if Conforto has issues throwing, I mean, you would assume that he would be a DH. And so he would slot in nicely there because Luke Voigt just has not done the job. They brought in Robinson Cano to try and pull off some sort of platoon, but at the end of the day, it it may not work for them. So uh, Michael Conforto is kind of a sneaky name to keep an eye on here. Uh, There's a lot of speculation. I feel like this particular week, we've now been hearing the rumors about Juan Soto. It's hard to really sit here and actually talk about if he's really going to be on the move, but these Michael Conforto rumors, maybe something to keep an eye on here. So yeah, I agree with you, Derek. I think the Padres would be probably the best fit. Um, And so just keep an eye on his name because there's a chance that his fielder's choice is going to San Diego. Okay, with that, we go to our high tide headlines. Uh, We're going to start with the LA Dodgers. Holy cow, Derek. There are just a number of headlines the Dodgers put up this week. We're going to start with the big one. Clayton Kershaw was placed on the injured list with a right SI joint inflammation. So the SI stands for sacroiliac joint there are two of them in your lower back they sit on each side of your spine their main job is to carry weight of your upper body when you stand or walk and shift that loads to your legs that sounds like something that you really have to have healthy in order to pitch I mean that's literally defining what a pitcher needs to be able to have strength and velocity what is the scare here for the Dodgers with Kershaw going down well, I'll just say, me and me and all the listeners definitely knew SI joint. We were all very smart and knew what that was. Uh, we had definitely heard that before. No, I mean, uh, this is tough, but I, I also just kind of went into the year, and, and this is how I kind of have gone into the last couple of years with Clayton Kershaw, and I just kind of assumed there's going to be multiple stints on the IL and that if you can get like 120 good innings out of Clayton Kershaw, which to this point you had gotten 30 great innings out of Clayton Kershaw, that you're going to be okay with that, especially if he can be healthy – by the time the postseason rolls around. But certainly this is going to stress the Dodgers' pitching depth. Uh, Walker Buehler and Julio Urias have been good to start the season, though the strikeout numbers aren't quite there. Tyler Anderson's fading a bit, but Tony Gonsolin's been great, and now there's going to be you know, more pressure on that other, those other guys, Ryan Pepio and the rest of the depth. 
Yeah, I think that the Dodgers are going to have to make an acquisition maybe sooner than later for starting pitching. You might start hearing a name like Luis Castillo pop up in rumors because, quite frankly, L.A. just does not have the pitching depth right now. And uh, you, you even mentioned some of the prospects coming up for L.A. They really haven't panned out. And you wouldn't expect them to pan out this early on. Um, and so that's the problem is that they don't really have the time to let their prospects come up and go through their struggles. If they're trying to be a world champion team, they're going to need a guy that can actually step up and pitch in the big game. So this is a major loss for the Dodgers. I'm just going to go through the rest of the headlines here. Not much more to talk about uh, across the board for the most part here. The Dodgers DFA Shane Green, of course, at one point was a pretty good middle reliever. Mitch White was reinstated. They optioned Caleb Ferguson. They recalled Justin Brule. Tommy Canely was sent back to the IL. Uh, you had mentioned Pepio. He made his second star. He was brought up as the 27th man in a doubleheader. David Price was activated. He's going to mainly be in bullpen duty. Andrew Heaney sounds like he's about to start some bullpen sessions moving forward. That's a good sign for LA starting pitching. Victor Gonzalez shifted to the 60-day IL. They promoted Michael Grove for a start that didn't go particularly well, but uh, expect him to probably come back up again. They selected Yancey Almonte, who's actually done a decent job in middle relief early on. But the big one to look at is Blake Trinan. He has now been sent to the 60-day IL. Tough for the Dodgers' bullpen. Probably the best piece in that bullpen. Derek, any thoughts on Trinan possibly being out for the rest of the year? Well, it's a good thing they went out and made the trade for Craig Kimbrell and did it before the season because otherwise I, I feel like the White Sox would be making them pay even more if they had to go out and get them right now. I've never really viewed this Dodgers bullpen as being like a deep bullpen coming into the season. And – you know, you, you go out and sign Daniel Hudson, which he's been good so far. You, as I mentioned, add Kimbrell Bickford, the former first-round pick of the Giants, has been solid as well. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, you're probably going to be counting a little more on Bruce Tower Gratterall, who has been a guy who, like, you look at the results and it's, it's, it's nothing sexy, it's, it's nothing great, but, like, the stuff tells you there should be more there. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe now is finally the time that he can uh, kind of come through and, and live up to that high potential. Yeah, I like that name. Uh, Gratterall is going to have to step up at some point here with the definitely trining down. And I think that you are going to see Hudson probably in higher leverage situations more throughout the season as well. Okay, moving on to the Padres. They activated Blake Snell. He had an adductor strain. Uh, they also had Trace Thompson, who they DFA. He elected free agency. One interesting one here, Derek, there, there's a couple that they had. They optioned Denelson Lamette to A. Remember, at one point, this guy, when he was healthy, was – as good of a pitcher as any in the league. So kind of amazing to see his name going down to AAA. He's just really struggled so far this season. And then they signed Robinson Cano, and that is not a sexy name now in 2022 as it would have been 10 years ago. Anything that pops out to you about all these? Well, the Cano one's interesting. I mean, dating back to the Michael Conforto thing, it's, it's clear they need another left-handed bat. That's what they're trying to do with Robinson Cano. I'm skeptical that that's going to do much for him. Yeah, it's, it stinks for Denelson Lamette. I remember watching him in the shortened season in 2020 thinking this guy was going to be like the next, you know, kind of breakout star pitcher. And he was so good that year. But it was a shortened season. He has the injury and just hasn't really been the same since. I, I hope that we get a, a more clear path for what he'll be moving forward because over the last year or so, it's kind of been, well, is, are, are they ever going to try to make him a starter again? Is he going to stay in the bullpen? Could he be a closer of the future? Currently, it's just can, can he just be a major league player? Uh, but I'd like to see him get back up there at some point. Hopefully he can kind of work out whatever was going on. 
Most of our high tide headlines last week were surrounding the San Francisco Giants with all the COVID issues and activations. It seems like their final major activation is Tommy Stella, who was finally activated, as well as Evan Longoria. Uh, consequently, Dee Sclafani, he is sent to the 60-day IL, as well as Jake McGee is put on the IL. Anything from the Giants' perspective that really kind of turns your head here? How about Tommy Stella, though, hitting like a 450-foot home run in his first at-bat back? from the IL. Uh, Giants have all sorts of left-handed hitters. He's another one, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I think they're going to be just fine. Overall, I think it's smooth sailing right now. The Rockies, well, they have two major headlines here. Antonio Senzantella, who maybe not major to some people, but in their rotation, uh, they've been counting on him to at least give them innings. He is sent to the injured list. And then probably the biggest news for them, Chris Bryant. He is now going to go on a minor league rehab assignment. How important is it that Chris Bryant gets back to that lineup? Oh, very important. And very important that he's back and fully healthy and has the power we're used to. Because right now, he has the same amount of home runs as Michael Conforto. That's pretty shocking. I, I don't think anybody had that on their bingo card here for 2022. Okay, the final one, the Diamondbacks. Uh, their breakout candidate in the first month of the season is now being sent down to AAA. That would be Seth Beer. Derek, did we see this coming? No, I did not. Um, crack one open for Seth Beer. I am a little saddened by this. He had such a good start to the season, but yeah, he was down hitting near the Mendoza line by the time he gets optioned down. I, I think if the Diamondbacks would have been worse or, or kind of more in line with what a lot of people, including ourselves, were thinking in the preseason, maybe he has a little bit more leeway there, but because they are kind of you know, contending to be around a 500 ball club and, and trying to stay with your, your head above water, you probably got to cut ties. Yeah, it is an interesting thought that you just brought up right there because I think if we had just imagined this team was a last-place team that wasn't competing for anything, Beer is probably staying up. He's 25 years old. Um, you know, he's basically in his prime, but if you look at his baseball savant page, there's a lot of cold zones right there. The only thing that's really sticking out as a positive is his chase rate, but, you know, he is basically bottom 25% in nearly every category, which is shocking because at the start of the year – he was in the top 75 percentile, so he really has had a significant drop-off. Uh, but he's young. I think that maybe a little time in AAA will help him, do him some good. The Diamondbacks are playing better baseball than any of us imagined, and so, of course, maybe the pressure was a little higher once that started to kind of pop off the page. Moving on with that, though, we are going to cruise the coast here. The NL West is 106-81 and on the season so far. So still very impressive, uh, well over by 500. Derek, as a whole with the division, it, it's had a little drop-off over the last week. Yeah, it has. And uh, now the Rockies and Diamondbacks, um, you know, moving themselves out of, of that playoff contention range. Obviously still early. They, they get a sweep or something. They're going to be right back there. But uh, I think the cream is rising to the top with these top three teams right now. Yeah, we're going to get right into those. The Hollywood Heaters, the L.A. Dodgers, they were in first last week. They're in first this week. But they kind of had a rough road. Uh, maybe their absolute lowest point, even though they were 5-3 in three in their last eight games, um, it wasn't the prettiest ride. They fell in three of four games at home to the Philadelphia Phillies, but then they swept the Arizona Diamondbacks at home after that. So there's where you see the disparity for the Diamondbacks. Now they have three in Philadelphia starting this weekend. And then they have three with the Washington Nationals on the road. Then they have four with the Arizona Diamondbacks. What are your thoughts on kind of where the Dodgers are at right now? 
I think they're fine. They're a little bit beat up. It's kind of like the Giants were a couple weeks ago. Uh, eventually, they'll get things back. Now, some of their injuries are more long-term, as we talked about with, with Kershaw. We don't know how long that's going to be, trying in on the 60-day IL. But they are one of three teams right now who is in the top five for both ERA and WRC plus offensively. They're, they're still a wagon. They're going to be just fine. It's pretty amazing that they are ranked in that category, especially after what Philadelphia did to them. I do think that Philadelphia, at least to a degree, exposed the fact that Dodgers pitching rotation is not deep. Uh, That is a glaring weakness that this team has. But you're right. I think the offense is going to be okay as it starts to heat up. Uh, But definitely a shocker to see them basically laying down to a Philadelphia team that really was under 500 before the series began. And uh, the offense for Philadelphia really showed up. So you got to tip your cap to them. Uh, but the Dodgers pitching definitely not a strong point right now as we see them. Uh, so there is a little bit of a weakness for L.A. right there. But I think that they ultimately will make a moves at the deadline, probably before the deadline, where we won't be really talking about this concern much longer. But for now, they at least have a weakness on paper and, you know, with the eye test. Okay, moving on. The five tool Friars, those would be your San Diego Padres. In the last week, they were in second place. They remain in that spot. Three and two in their last five games. They won two of three against the Atlanta Braves on the road. At the time of recording, they are one and one in Philadelphia. They'll have another game uh, by the time you actually hear this podcast in Philadelphia. They also will have three in San Francisco, three at home against Milwaukee, and three versus the Pirates. Okay, Derek, you're starting to get down to that countdown maybe for Tatis. This team's still hanging in there in the NOS. Yeah, uh, they've been really good so far. Joe Musgrove uh, looked really good early last year. Faded a bit in the second half of the season, but still overall really good season. He's, he's picked up where he left off in the first half last year. He's been awesome. Looks like a legit ace and, and one moving forward. Sean Manaya has been solid. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed with the season that you Darvish has had. I thought he would – he didn't have, like, a bad season, but I thought it would be a bounce back to, like, some of the better seasons we've seen. Um, I'm, I'm kind of perplexed by the fact that they've been able to maintain this despite the fact that, like, Jake Cronenworth, who was such a key cog for them last year, has really struggled. Trent Grisham, who has shown some really good flashes, has really struggled. And Manny Machado, even over the last week, kind of at his first slump of the season. I guess this is just the Eric Hosmer uh, show, and and we're all part of it. Yeah, it is uh, pretty unbelievable that Eric Hosmer is basically an MVP candidate still, uh, as we are in the middle of May at this time. Pretty unbelievable what he's been able to pull off there. Okay, we're going to go to your Golden Gate Gappers. Your San Francisco Giants were in third place last week. That's where they find themselves at this time. 22-15, uh, and 15, they're 3-3 three and three in their last six games. They dropped 2-3 of three in St. Louis. Then they won 2-3 of three in Colorado. That's always a challenge to play there. Now they have three at home versus San Diego, three versus the Mets, and three at the Reds. Derek, uh, takeaways from your Giants. Yeah, it's, it's funny. They're only 18th right now in the MLB and ERA. They're, they're like a full point behind the Dodgers, who have a 2-8-4. The Giants are at a 3-8-6 at the moment. And, uh, you know, Alex Wood has, has struggled a little bit. Uh, obviously, Di Scalfani going on the IL. And Carlos Rodon, I mean, that's honestly a big part of it. Carlos Rodon just had one, like, terrible, awful, no-good start against the St. Louis Cardinals. So that I'd be curious to see what the number is outside of that. They're probably honestly closer to the top 10 at that point. Um, but yeah, they're, they're top five in WRC plus they're getting the lineup healthy. They're getting everybody kind of back together, even though they are behind the Padres uh, right now, they're, they're almost doubling them up and run differential. I, I'm not too concerned that the giants shouldn't continue to be a playoff contender. 
Always got to have one clunker a year. That was a wild one with Albert Pujols coming in to close out the rest of the game. <laughs> it, that was just a weird game. But, yeah, I think your Giants are going to be totally fine. As for teams that maybe will raise a little more of a question mark, how about your mile-high mashers? The Rockies are back in fourth place after being in last place last week. They're 18-19, and 19, though, Derek. So, all of a sudden, you kind of talked about it. They may be out of the playoff race on paper right now. Uh, they're two and four in their last six. They dropped two of three at home to the Royals. That's a pretty bad series loss right there. Then they dropped two of three at home to the San Francisco Giants, a little more reasonable, I guess. Uh, but then they have three versus the Mets at home. They go on the road for three in Pittsburgh, four on the road in Washington. I still can't figure this team out. No, I can't either. Um, but they're kind of continuing the trend that they had last year where they were really good at home. And they were terrible on the road. Uh, they're five and ten on the road right now. Thirteen and nine at home. Again, last year they were like a ninety-six win pace in just their home games, and uh, they, they finally kind of got a couple uh, from the Giants here that um, I, I guess ends. I, I think they were on a twelve-game uh, losing streak to the Giants prior to uh, taking the the last of the series against the Giants here. Which the interesting part of that is that the only team they had lost more games in a row to, I don't know if you know the answer to this, it's, uh, I forget if it was 1993 or 1994, the Atlanta Braves, when they were in the NL West, and the Braves went like, it was like 17-2 and two or something ridiculous against the Rockies, and the Giants won like 100 games, didn't make the playoffs because the Rockies couldn't beat them like at all. So um, that's, that, that's karma to me, that they uh, have, have done this poorly against the Giants. Nonetheless, uh, Rockies, you know, uh, they're putting up big run totals. It's funny. They put up, I think, 26 or 27 in that series against the Royals, and they still lost two out of three, which speaks to the pitching, which is currently 29th in the MLB and ERA. Yeah, that'll definitely kill you. I also like the uh, the concept of the Braves in the NL West. What a hard thing to wrap our minds around now, right? Speaking of uh, teams that are really hard to wrap our minds around, those would be your Arizona Diamondbacks and uh, the Desert Dingers. They were fourth place last week. They're back in last place this week. 18-21, and 21, though. That's a better record than anyone would have expected, but they're 1-6 in six in the last seven. They dropped two of three at home versus the Cubs. Then they got swept on the road in L.A. They now have four on the road at the Cubs, two at home versus the Royals, and four versus the Dodgers. Derek, what do we do with this? I am lost as you. We finally started to buy into them, and then they just lose all these games consecutively. And, and that pitching staff that we talked so much about, now, you know, we, we were more so talking about the starting pitching. Overall, though, they are 20th in team ERA, and a lot of that is because of bullpen. Like, Mark Melanson has not been good for them so far, but now they're starting to give up runs. The offense has never really been there. The bright spot, Alec Thomas, has looked really good. Alec Thomas has looked really good. Uh, I'm excited to see the youth. I do think we're going to see Seth Beer come back up at some point in time. Okay, well, we have arrived at our freeway exit. Derek, any final thoughts before we exit our show? No, I feel like the uh, the dream of, of having the three wildcard teams all come from the NL West is dying. So I might have to put that to rest and uh, close out something different next week. I'm excited for Padres fans because I think mm -hmm. that they really have a lot to look forward to here with what they are able to work with. And once Tatis comes back, that is a scary team. I think that they're still feeling what they had last year where there was just a disappointment across the board. They're starting to really put it together without their best player. So once he arrives, they are dangerous. I will just say that now. That team is incredibly dangerous. Okay, with that, that will do it for our State of the NL West show for the week. Number five 
of our time here with Just Baseball. And on behalf of Just Baseball, he is Derek Johnson. I'm Dusty Baker. Join us again next week as we break down the happenings here on the Best Coast.